0: Uh, that is really eye-opening for a lot of people. And I'm going to start with you in Ephesians chapter 1, because a lot of people read this, but they never take the time to ask themselves, how do I receive this? And so um, in in Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to read one verse of scripture, and then we're going to be talking about how to unlock your divine inheritance. How to unlock your divine inheritance. We're going to put some things together for you tonight that are going to help you. Ephesians chapter one, and I'm going to just read verse number three. Ephesians one, three. The Bible says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Notice that's past tense. It's not going to bless us. Who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So let me just go over that a little bit word by word, kind of phrase by phrase here. So we're giving thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. So that's, that is really important to get in your spirit, uh, not to get this mindset that, well, sometime in the future, I know God's going to bless me. I know sometime in the future, God's going to just give me what I need. And when we, when we stop to realize, actually, he has blessed us. Now, as I've dealt with on the broadcast before, many times people look, at the result or the manifestation of the blessing. And they think that's the blessing, but that's not the key. You know, you don't like the, the testimonies I just read, the healing, you know, the deliverance, the new house, the new car, the debts being paid. And people look at that and say, see, that's the blessing. No, that's not the blessing. That's the result of the blessing. That's just the manifestation of the blessing. But the blessing, is the pronouncement of God over your life. When God declares you blessed, you are blessed and not cursed. You are blessed and not cursed. And so, the blessing is God's pronouncement over your life. And so, notice here, the Bible says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us, who has, past tense blessed us, with every spiritual blessing, with everything there is, In the heavenly places so notice um, these things are not going to come to us this 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 freedom what all all the all the things we could talk about they're not going to come they've already been transferred they are in your account spiritually so the question that we uh, ask ourselves and Don said uh, I'm always asking God to help me understand it and that's how we should be asking for a spirit of wisdom and revelation Uh, you know, our eyes in the spirit to be opened for revelation on God's word. So these things, and I've dealt with this in the past, if every Christian has been blessed with every spiritual blessing, why is it that we don't see every Christian walking at the same level of manifestation or blessing throughout the world? Why is everyone not in the same place? It's not because they don't have the potential to be in the same place, or it's not because God doesn't love them, and it's not because God hasn't blessed them. It is because you have to take possession of your divine inheritance. That's why. And in fact, I want you to put that in the uh, comment section, because I'm going to take you to Acts chapter 20 now, and we're going to see what Paul said about this, but I want you to write this in the comments I must take possession of my divine inheritance. I must take possession of my divine inheritance. It's not just going to fall in anyone's lap. There are action steps that we must take to lay hold of what is ours and to appropriate it in our own lives. We must take possession of our divine inheritance. So, pop that in the comments tonight. I must take possession. No one's going to do it for you, including the Lord. I must take possession. So I took you to Acts chapter 20, and uh, we're going to read again one verse, Acts chapter 20, and verse number 32, Acts 20, 32. And this is what Paul wrote, and he was speaking to the Ephesian elders. And this is what he said, and now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I'm going to read that again, because here's the key to unlocking what Ephesians 1, 3 is already talking about that's been transferred to you. It's already in your account. But notice what Paul said. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. There's the key right there. I give you to the word of his grace. And that word is able to build you up, number one, and to give you, the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And so, get this now, the word of God is the element that allows you to take possession of your divine inheritance. The word of God, that is the element that it gives you the ability to take possession of your divine inheritance. Now, this is why we know that it's so extremely important to know the word, yes, but also to believe the word. And if you've, if you've stuck with me over these last uh, few nights, the last few weeks, uh, last couple weeks while, I've, while I was away, one of the things I told you that the Lord dealt with me heavily about, and that was uh, having an unlimited capacity to believe his word having an unlimited capacity to believe his word. That's huge. And that's exactly what is necessary because the word's there and the word's available. But there are many people that do not uh, have the ability, the capacity to receive the word. And one of the things that um, we have been praying for is Lord, don't let there be anything in my life that would hold me back from receiving your mighty word. You say, well, I thought uh, that faith comes by the hearing of God's word. That is true. That is true. But I want to remind you of something that will help you immensely. That yes, faith comes by hearing the word of God. We know that, Romans ten seventeen. But remember and, and never forget the parable of the sower. Because remember... Let's say I'm, let's say, let's say I'm preaching to a room full of people, right? You know, 300 people in a room and I'm I'm giving them all the word and I'm preaching the word. It's the same word going out. But remember that everybody in that room, their heart is not in the same place. Not everyone's heart is in the same place. And one of the things that I uh, have talked about in the past is it's our responsibility to make sure that we are good ground to receive the word and produce fruit with it, and produce fruit with it. And we know that only, in the parable anyway, only a quarter of the word fell on ground that was good and ready to produce from the word it received. But the other 75% of the ground that the word fell on was unable to produce with the word that it received and we we walked through those different things. You know, first we talked about the footpath, that there are people who hear the word and simply don't understand it. And that's a huge problem. I mean, this is one of the reasons we launched Miracle Word University because there were so many people that I came in contact with, Pentecostal people, charismatic people, that didn't understand the word of God didn't understand the doctrines of Scripture. And as a result, if they don't understand the Word, the Scripture says the enemy comes at once to steal it from them. And you'll see there on the screen, if you haven't gotten involved in Miracle Word University, I highly recommend you uh, get those courses and get literally grounded grounded in the doctrines of Scripture. We have more courses coming out this year in 2022. So uh, we understand that the first issue or roadblock to receiving your divine inheritance is not being able to understand the word as it comes forth to you. Well, that's the reason I try so hard to break things down on the broadcast in such a way that anybody could grab hold of that understanding and run with it. I I don't ever want to be over someone's head while I'm teaching the word because if that's the case, I I might not... I might as well not even be teaching it to you. According to scripture, I might as well not even be teaching it to you. You know, who are, I I never understand this. Some of these ministers that, that you, you know, you need a dictionary just to follow them. And I'm thinking to myself, who are they trying to impress? You know, who, who are they trying to impress? You know, and you hear them, they're, they're such lofty speakers. It's like, who are, who are you trying to impress? The key is getting the word into people's hearts in such a way that they will be able to understand it and produce fruit with it. That, that's the goal. You know, and, and it's it's funny to me because I feel like there's a whole lot of people that all they're trying to do is impress. You know, tweetable lines. And, there's, you know, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, you know, being well-prepared and all that. But, uh, you know, the truth is, are people understanding it? Uh, could you... For example, could you understand it well enough that you could explain it to someone else? That's really the litmus test. That's really the key is when I'm done giving the word to you and you've taken notes, could you then explain to someone else what I was talking about on the broadcast? And that, that's one of the reasons that, uh, I told you to grab that book. I recommended it to you called how to read a book. Because in that book, they tell you how to take information in, in such a way that you can analyze it, that you know what it's, what it's about, whether or not you agree with it, and how to pull conclusions, and then it, be able to explain the same principles to somebody else. And that really is key, that when we're done, and, and that's right, Silas brings up a point that I was getting ready to bring up, Brother Kenneth Hagin. Minister, He says on a seventh grade reading level, I wasn't aware that anybody did a flesh reading level for Brother Hagin, but I do know this, that you think about the deep things of God that Brother Hagin was teaching, Pauline revelation, all these different things, the, the message of faith going into deep faith, but he was teaching it to farmers in West Texas and East Texas. And you think, man, he built his ministry teaching these deep things of the word in a way that not theologians, farmers got it. Farmers got it. They didn't go to Bible school. They weren't from seminary. You know, they didn't speak Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. These were farmers. That they got the deep things of God because of the way he taught it. And that's why I encourage people, if you don't understand it, it, you know, you need to go back again. Even the Bible you read, if you don't understand, that's why we don't recommend the King James Bible to people. It's like nobody talks like that anymore. There are superior translations that are much easier to understand, and they'll get you into a place where you can uh, make use of the word that you're receiving, right? And so it's important for us to understand it. That's, that's roadblock number one, but as we move forward, we know that there wasn't just uh, the footpath, but there was also thorny ground. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. And so there's some people that are not able to produce what the word they have because of the fact that they're not praising God consistently and staying in the joy of the Lord. That's just, that's just flat out truth. I'm just gonna give you flat out truth. People don't stay in a habit of praising God and they allow the enemy to drape a spirit of heaviness over their life. And as a result, the cares of this world become a heaviness that choke out the revelation of God's word in their life. And so because of that, they're not able to produce fruit with the word that they receive. Howard says, what other Bible other than the King James Version would you have us read? I would, I read from the English Standard Version. It's it's a superior translation in that. First of all, it's, it's more accurate. It uses better Greek and Hebrew manuscripts than we've ever had. And uh, not only that, but um, I like the fact that in many places it's more literal to what the writers actually wrote in the original manuscripts uh, than the King James Version is. Why would we read an antiquated version of the Bible that was based upon, now it was great at the time, not saying it's bad, but we've got things that are much better now, far better, far better. The New American Standard Bible, the NASB, far better. And so, you know, there's a new one out called the Legacy Standard Bible, far better. So there are, there are things that you can read that'll help you to more easily understand the Bible. Even the New Living Translation, though it's a thought-for-thought thought translation, it's an excellent translation of Scripture in that format. And so I encourage people to get a hold of something that they can understand and receive it, you know. And see, if, if, if all you have, see, even with, like Bobby said, even with faith-filled preaching, if all you have is faith-filled preaching, but the pro- these problems persist in your life, you can preach faith-filled preaching to a brick wall because people become brick walls. They become footpath, they become thorny ground, they become rocky ground. And we're responsible. If we want to take possession of our divine inheritance, then we have to make sure that we take responsibility to prepare our hearts to receive the word of God. And then we fill ourselves with the word of God. And as Paul said, that we the, the word of God is able to build us up, Acts 20, 32, and give us the inheritance among all those that are sanctified. So the inheritance that's been placed in your account, it comes to you through the appropriation of faith through God's word and faith in his word. And here's something that I, if you've ever taken our mountain moving faith course in Miracle Word University, One thing you'll remember me saying, and I did a whole video on it, that faith is compartmentalized, which means you can have faith to be saved and no faith to be healed. You can have faith to be healed and have no faith for financial increase. Why? Because all of those areas in which we're believing take the backing of God's word to believe that thing. A perfect scriptural example of that are the believers that Paul encountered in Ephesus, Acts 19. And he asked them, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? What was their answer? We've not even heard that there is such a thing as the Holy Spirit. So they had faith to be saved, but they had no faith to receive the Holy Ghost. Why? They had not heard any preaching and teaching on the Holy Ghost. And that's what's happening in many denominational churches today. Churches that used to be full gospel. Churches that used to be on fire. But there's no preaching and teaching on divine healing. There's no preaching and teaching on the financial blessing of God or deliverance or the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And as a result, and forget that, uh, on the contrary, many of them will teach against it. Because you've got dummies in pulpits that only are parrots of what they've heard somebody else say. They've never done the study for themselves. So you'll hear full gospel preachers in these you know, I say that, I use that term loosely. say, like, well, you know, we've got this health and wealth gospel and this prosperity gospel, it's not even in the Bible. You need to open your Bible again, crack your Bible back open before you start mocking health and wealth, which are two things that God does promise in His Word. And then it's not some false doctrine or something that's been twisted by eisegesis. It's correct uh, hermeneutical um, understanding of Scripture to recognize. That God wants not only His people to be saved, He wants them to be healed. If Jesus didn't want people to be healed, why did He, every sick person or diseased person He encountered, He healed them? Think about that for a minute. If Jesus, and it's important to say that because it's not like Jesus was just doing it to show He was good. Hebrews chapter 1 tells us that Christ is the exact representation of the nature of God on the earth. uh, Hebrews 1.3 He is the exact representation of the nature of God on the earth. And he even claimed it. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What he's saying is, what you see me do, this is exactly what the Father would do. And I don't do anything in my own strength or of, of my own accord. I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what I hear the Father say. That's it. That is it. And so the Bible tells us in Hebrews 1, 3 that Jesus Christ is the exact representation of the nature of God on the earth. So he wasn't just doing those things to to be good. He was showing you God's nature and his desire for his children. Amen. And so one of the things we have to get is if we don't understand these topics, we've got to dig into them. We'll say, what's, what's part of your divine inheritance? Well, healing is part of your divine inheritance. Blessing financially is part of your inheritance. Freedom from addiction, you know, deliverance from oppression, depression and anxiety and all that. That's part of your inheritance. But notice, you won't take possession of those things. Until you've got word backing that you can put your faith in, that you can confess, that you can declare, that you can live by, that will put you in and take possession of that divine inheritance. You see what I mean? Look with me at 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, Paul's last letter that he ever wrote while he was in uh, Rome in captivity. Praise God for that, Bobby. Best year financially, praise God. You know this scripture, 2 Timothy uh, 3, verses 16 and 17, Paul writes this, all scripture is breathed out by God. Again, by the way, there's an example in the text of where the ESV shines uh, above the King James and even the NASB. Whereas other translations would say, all scriptures inspired by God, Paul actually wrote in Greek language, all scriptures breathed out by God. That's what the text says, theonustos. And so it's breathed out by God. It's profitable. It's profitable. It's profitable. For what? Teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work, equipped for every good work. So we know right here from what Paul taught Timothy, that the word of God in and of itself is sufficient to completely equip you as a man or woman of God. You don't need anything. According to Paul, you don't need anything else to train you. You don't need anything else To equip you. You don't need anything else to correct you. You don't need anything else to teach you. This right here. This mighty word of God is sufficient in and of itself. To teach you what you need to know. To correct you when you need to be corrected. And remember this. Correction is just direction. If we need that correction to put us back on track. So that we can take possession of our divine inheritance. Then I want the correction. I want to receive the correction from God's word because I don't want to go through my life without possession of my inheritance because I didn't receive correction from God's word. You know, no one can ever, no one is going to ever be able to make the claim. Well, you know, I just didn't know. I didn't realize I was, I didn't realize I was doing wrong. You won't be able to make that claim because everything's been given to us in the inerrant inspired word of the almighty God. Nobody will be able to say, "Well, I just didn't know. I, I was out I didn't know I was outside my parameters." I didn't. Know. You won't be able to say it because all all scripture is given for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. Every one of us can be fully equipped and can be fully complete. Now think about what that means. Think about what that means for every good work, which means that part of my uh, part of my assignment is not able to be complete. What if sickness and disease are racking my body, and I am not able to go and do what the Lord's called me to do because I'm being held back by the sickness and the disease that's racking my body? Well, no. The Word of God will give me my divine inheritance, so that healing and health will flow through my body, and nothing will impede my progress. Nothing will stand in front of me as I go to do what the Lord called me to do, because the word of God will make me complete, fully equip me, make me complete. So where's that in the Bible? Proverbs chapter four. Let me read to you Proverbs chapter four. It's one of the things that this wonderful word of God does for you. Starting in verse 20, my son. Be attentive to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight and keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. What is the word? The word is healing. That's Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. 20 through 22. You see that? Healing to all their flesh. The word of God can literally get in your flesh and heal you of sickness and disease. Drive it right out of your body. This word is greater. You ever think about the fact that Jesus was the word made flesh that dwelt among us? And you wonder why healing blew up everywhere he went. Because the actual word of God was walking around in a flesh body. Think about that. The actual word of God was walking around in a flesh body. People get bent out of shape when I say this. I mean, maybe they, maybe they don't, but I feel like people think it's, it's, it's blasphemous. This word is just as much God as the individual seated on the throne. And that freaks people out to hear that. Maybe you've never heard that before. This word, this written word, is just as much God as the individual seated on the throne. And John breaks that revelation down for us in John chapter one, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word was God. That's not an accident that the Holy Spirit inspired that John was breaking down his theology about the word from the very beginning of his gospel and the word was God. God and the Word are one and the same. God and the Word are, or one way you could say it, what God was, the Word was. What God was, the Word was. This Word is powerful. And I've read to you before, Jeremiah 15, 16, because that same Word that heals your body is the divine possession of your inheritance to walk in overwhelming joy. Jeremiah said, I found your Word and I ate it. And it became unto me the joy and rejoicing of my soul. The same inheritance. The same word brings the same inheritance. It'll establish you. Listen to this. Ezekiel chapter 2. And Ezekiel is receiving his call from God. Look at this. Starting in verse 1. Jeremiah 15, 16. But look at this. Ezekiel chapter 2, starting in verse 1 and verse 2. And he said to me, Son of man, stand on your feet, and I will speak with you. And as he spoke to me, the Spirit entered into me, glory to God, and set me Upon my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. Look at that. As he was speaking to me, the word, as he was speaking to me, his spirit entered into me and set me upon my feet. The word of God will establish you, it will set you rooted and grounded. I'm not blown around by every wind of doctrine. You got every nut job and their brother on Facebook you know, with these crazy uh, pseudo prophecies. Everybody's a prophet now, everybody. And I'm seeing some of the weirdest and goofiest stuff. Let me tell you something. When you, have to, when you have to go back, when you're using some one little Hebrew word that's mentioned once in a prophetic book, and you have to go back through Jewish rabbinical extra biblical literature to build some kind of prophetic doctrine so that you can give names to demon spirits that you're wrestling with over regions, you need to get back to pure Bible study because I'm going to be very honest with you. What happens with these guys is that they feel like they always have to be producing something new. It's almost like an entertainment factor. It's like an entertainment factor. You may have been watching me And I think we've been doing daily broadcasts now, Monday through Friday, maybe for three, four years. Do you know how long, Tiff, it's been? Has it been four years? Let's say it's been four years, right? You may have been watching me that long do live daily broadcasts. I'm preaching the same stuff that I've always preached my whole life. I don't have to come up with some new, weird doctrine to get you all excited about some fringe thing that's not even found in the Bible. And these guys are coming up with stuff that they have to like conjure up because this, there's a whole group of people. Now, you, you listen to me very carefully. There's a whole group of people that are enamored with this whole pseudo, I'll call it a neo-prophetic move. I'll call it a neo-prophetic move. Because many of these prophets are prophesying things that didn't even come to pass and they're being called out for it and there's not even any apology on their behalf. And they're acting like they're prophesying over the nation, and stuff's not even coming to pass. And then they got to come up with these weird teachings, these weird doctrines, you know, of stuff because people are enamored by the demonic realm and people are enamored by the angelic realm. And so when they start pressing in, I got the Lord spoke to me about the, the name of this demon, and there's this this spirit running through the earth. It's like, dude, just stick to the Bible. Stick to the Bible. And it's like, you know, you, you go through all of this stuff because you feel it's like an entertainment factor and it's weird. Stick to the Bible. Maybe instead of trying to get more prophetic words from the Lord than the prophet Isaiah got, actually just preach the word instead of coming up, having to go through all these extra biblical, non-inspired writings from Jewish rabbis who were literally just, uh, it was a conjecture about what they thought. The It's like, give me a break. Just preach the word. Flow like Jesus flowed. You didn't see Jesus going around, calling out all these different names of G- demons over regions. And Jesus didn't do that. There was one man in the Bible who Jesus asked, what is your name? Legion, for we are many. And Jesus never even did anything with the knowledge of, of the name. To me, it was rhetorical. To let that demon know, I've got the name that's above every name. Jesus never did that with demons. The apostles didn't do that with demons. They weren't doing weird stuff. Demons, they weren't pulling down regional demons over, over... They didn't do that. They just stuck to what the uh, Bible says. And they were writing... Many of them were writing scripture at that time. And the Holy Spirit was inspiring them. And they were doing what the Holy Spirit was inspiring them to do in the writing. It's like, dude... What are you even doing? Don't be enamored by these nut jobs that yeah, every, every morning they've got a prophetic word over the nation. It's like, try getting one right first before you come up with like prophecy number 1100, 703. It's like, dude, it doesn't need to be spooky. That's exactly right, you know. The Holy Ghost isn't spooky. Stick to the gospel and produce fruit. Produce actual fruit. And so we get back to the word. The word will establish you. I'm not blown. And the reason I got onto that, I'm not blown around by every wind of doctrine. I'm rooted and grounded in the word of God as you should be. And I'm sure you are. We're not sitting around looking at some weird. It's like one of my, one of my biggest pet peeves seeing, seeing this nuttiness because it puts a stain on the body of Christ. I'm not sitting here as some, you know, reformed Calvinist. That's a cessationist that doesn't believe in miracles or the prophetic. I'm Pentecostal. I grew up Pentecostal. I'm Pentecostal charismatic. I'm as Pentecostal as you can be. I'm as Pentecostal as you can be. (laughs) I believe in every Pentecostal doctrine with my whole heart and many that other Pentecostals don't. And so it's not like I'm coming against the prophetic or coming against, but it's like, dude, that's not what Jesus does. That's not what the apostles did. That wasn't what the word of God was intended for. We're not blown around. This is one of the reasons people get double-minded and then they can't receive anything from God. They get into all these weird things and then they're, I've had people actually tell me, man, I've heard so much now, I don't know what to believe. I've had people say those exact words to me. Yeah, because you're listening to all these voices and all this conjecture and all this stuff that's neo-prophetic And I term, I give it that term on purpose because it's like it becomes a subculture of Christianity that's not even producing any valid fruit in that way. And so you got to stick to the Bible, do what Jesus did, do what the apostles did, do what the early church did, do what the church fathers did that turned the world upside down, turn the world upside down. You know, there's nowhere in the Bible where we're taught to like identify what demon spirits are sitting over regions? We need, I, I got a revelation today of what demon spirit is sitting over my region. And we're gonna take a three-part series and break down how that demon operates and what that demon does. And then we're, no, you're just to cast out devils. You're just to cast out devils. Not debate them, not identify them, not index them with you know three by five cards. You just cast them out and take authority. So we're not blown around by every wind of doctrine. It's the word of God that lets us take possession of our divine inheritance. And that's how it it functions. That's how it works. That's how it works. And so we have to make up in our minds, I'm going to have an unlimited capacity to believe God's word and I'm taking. Now, this is why the Bible says, That the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. You've got to take by force what is yours. They did it. You know, I've, I've been bringing this up to people so they get it. You have to take by force what's yours. What do you mean by that? Well, the people of God going into the promised land, they had a promise They had an actual land that they were to inhabit, but there were still giants and they were still required to take that promised land by force. And as I preached uh, last night in Indiana, uh, you, you realize they didn't move into the promised land all at once. If you go back and study it, they moved into the promised land little by little. They drive them out from this portion and then they didn't have it. Then they drive them out from another portion and inhabit, drive them out from another portion and inhabit, right? And so they, what were they doing by force? They were taking possession of their promise. Now, listen, question for you. Was it theirs before they took it by force? Yes, it was theirs because God had already given it to them, already given it to them. So I want you to put this in the comments tonight. It's all, the promise is already mine. Put that in the comments. The promise is already mine. It's not, it's not that it's going to be yours when you take it. It's yours now and you're anointed to take it. Amen. I want to say that again. It's not going to be yours. It's yours now and you're anointed to take it. It's not going to be yours when you take it. It's yours now, and you're anointed to take it. You're well able to take the land. You're well able. That's why I like what they said, Joshua and Caleb. Let's go at once and take the land. Let's go at once. Let's go right now and take the land. Because we're well able to do it. Glory to God. Well able to do it. Whatever it is that the Lord has promised you for 2022, get ready. You're well able to take that land. You're well able to take that promise, and you're going to take it by force. No devil's going to talk you out of what God said is yours. No demon is going to stop you from receiving your divine inheritance and your divine possession in 2022. We're taking that by force and moving into it by the power of God. Hallelujah. And we're not going to miss out on what God said is ours in Jesus' name. This is our year of divine possession. This is our year of divine possession. This word right here, that's why I'm telling you, don't, I I said this to Carolyn today and I know it's, I know it in my gut. I know that it's true. Yes, we're going to have divine possession this year, but the Lord already spoke to me that this is going to have to be a year of um, exceeding diligence and faithfulness meaning we're going to have to press in like we've never pressed in in 2022. I've already made plans to ramp up my daily prayer time, to ramp up my, my study of God's word. And, I, and of course I do those things. I mean, I'm a minister, I do those things anyway, but I felt this in my spirit that if we're gonna take divine possession of our promises in 2022, it's going to be another level of dedication. Another level of dedication because notice this, and I've pointed it out multiple times that yes, God is a rewarder, but not of everybody, of those that diligently seek him. Those whose hearts are turned toward him. What he said to Jeremiah, he said, you'll search after me with your whole heart and then you'll find me. And I'm telling you, I know this in my gut. I know it in my gut. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. First, first, first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added. They'll be added unto you. And I'm just telling you, I know it in my gut. We're going to press in like we never have. And as a result, don't be surprised that we sit head and shoulders above the rest when there's other Christians that are literally just throwing life into cruise control. I promise you that. They're just throwing life into cruise control and they're coasting through their Christianity and that's not gonna be us in Jesus' name because that is not how you obtain the promises of God. It is not. You don't throw faith into cruise control. You don't throw life into cruise control and just coast through your existence hoping that God drops upon you what you're believing for. It's not, it's not how you live. It's not what you do. And so, yes, it is. It is the adversity. That's exactly right. It's. Uh, it's. It's not because necessarily of adversity increasing, because remember this. Uh, but what I was going What I was saying to you is, uh, stagnation is the adversity we're facing. It has nothing to do with the devil. And I. And I, I love that, uh, Dawn. because I want to make this point. And Dawn brought it up. She said, "Is it because adversity is increasing?" Yes, there is adversity. Uh, that is increasing. But remember something. There was more adversity to the church in the first 300 years than there is now because it was a death sentence to be a Christian back then and it's not in America, and Canada, most European nations. It is in some places, but most not. So think about it. It's not necessarily because the adversity is increasing because the devil's already under our feet. We already have dominion. It's because God is looking. For people who are pressing in. And it's more, it has more to do with Bible prophecy which tells us that in the last days the hearts of many would grow cold. And many would fall away from the faith. It's more about us making up in our minds that definition will never define me as a Christian. I will never be that. It will never be who I am. I will be the on-fire one. Thank you, Laura, in California. I will be the on-fire one. I will be the one who is diligently seeking God. I'll be the one that when his eyes are searching through the earth, they're going to find me. My heart is turned toward him. I am going to be the one that's willing and obedient. So I will eat the good of the land. You see what I mean? It's, it's not, it's, it doesn't have to do with the devil. It has to do with what God's looking for. This is what God's looking for. I feel the anointing on that, the depth and and just keep this as a, if you would, uh, kind of a given almost like a house rule. We never make decisions as Christians based upon what the devil is doing. We never make decisions based upon what the devil is doing. We make decisions based upon what the word of God says. That's a house rule. That's a house rule. We never make decisions based on what the devil is doing. We always make decisions based on what the word of God says. Because, you know, you could look around and start to make decisions based on what you see the enemy trying to do, but they don't, his, his work in the earth doesn't define my future, does not define your future. Only God's word and faith in his word defines your future. And so, yes, and Don is right. The Bible says that as we get towards the coming of Christ, that wickedness will increase. Sin will increase. um, uh, The attack against the body of Christ will increase. Jesus prophesied, you'll be hated all over the world for my name's sake. Yes, it's all true. But the devil's still defeated. And he's still under our feet. And the greater one still lives on the inside of us. And we are still in dominion. And we still have authority. And there's nothing that can stop God's people from, their, from receiving their victory and walking in their victory when they appropriate their faith and their authority. And this word is the word of grace that builds you up and gives you an inheritance among all those that are sanctified. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I feel this tonight. We're going to another level. By the power of the Holy Ghost. It's a whole different place where we're getting ready to be this year. We're, 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 up, we're flying at another level. I'm just telling you. God's elevating us in 2022. God is elevating us. Woo! I don't know if you feel that, but I can feel it. God's elevating us in 2022. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray here because we've got some things we need, to, we need to lift up in prayer. There's people that are believing for miracles and we are setting our faith. I know many of you have prayer requests. People are writing in from other countries, pray for me, lift me up in prayer. We're gonna pray right now. And uh, I want you to press in as I'm praying, as you're praying, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray and ask God to bring these things quickly to pass in America and around the world. So I wanna pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name tonight. We're so thankful for the mighty anointing of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that we are walking in the greatest victory that we've ever seen in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray from this night, those that are believing God, they're, they're believing for miracles. I ask you, Lord, to quickly answer their prayers. Lord, quickly turn those prayer requests into literal praise reports that they'll begin to shout and declare to others, look what God did for me. Look what the Lord has done in my life. It won't be something they'll have to search and find. It'll be obvious what you did in their life, Lord. It will be obvious how you performed those miracles. In Jesus' name. I pray once again for Cass. I take authority over this attack against her mind. Lord, as she's uh, been dealing with this attack of the enemy against her peace and against her joy. I rebuke it tonight. In Jesus' name. Lord, I'm declaring... And I'm joining the faith with the Victory Tribe because she's a member of the tribe and I declare it in Jesus' name that this year will not continue with her mind being attacked again and again and again and again. She will not spend her days in rehab. She will not spend her days in different uh, 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 psychiatric wards or anything like that. She'll not spend her days in the hospital. She is going to receive freedom by the power of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name you foul spirit of heaviness and fear that tries to come against her mind on a constant basis. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ and command you to lose your grip and let her go from this night forward in the name of Jesus. And I ask you, Lord, that you would strengthen Cass where she is tonight, right now. I pray that you'd give her a strength in her spirit, encourage her by the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Let her faith be built throughout the rest of this year in the mighty name of Jesus Lord for those that have been believing uh, for healing in their physical body I pray right now that you would send healing virtue touch them right where they are and make them whole by the power of the Holy Ghost Lord I'm asking you to blow your breath from heaven once again every one of these plans that we've seen be set up behind the scenes by wicked people we can clearly see there's an agenda Lord We clearly know that there are plans of the wicked, but we thank you that your word declares that though wicked men make plans, you are laughing in heaven because you see their day of judgment is coming. And so Lord, quickly bring that judgment. I pray that in 2022, that all of those who conspired against America and who conspired against Canada and the nations of the world with this globalist one world system, I pray, Lord, that you would expose them supernaturally by your Holy Spirit and by your power and that they would be arrested or moved out of the way. And I pray that every plan of the wicked would fall quickly apart in America, fall quickly apart in Canada in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, as we saw that took place in England, that all of these things are being lifted, all of these restrictions, all these mandates are being lifted. And freedom is coming back. Do the same in the nations of the world. Let revival sweep through the nations of the world in Jesus' name. Let the fire of God burn in every church. Lord, those that have become complacent, those that have lost their fire, those that are just coasting through their Christian lives, and I mean preachers too, and I mean churches, I pray that this would be a year that you would set a fire back in your churches again. Spark revival fire back in your churches again in 2022 and let your, the move of your spirit touch us in every state and even the minor outlying territories of the United States in every province in Canada, in Jesus name, in every territory by the power of the Holy Ghost, we declare it, let it sweep through Mexico. Let the violence be curbed supernaturally to the point where even the government is amazed at what's going on let revival hit central and south america eastern and western europe in jesus mighty name father we thank you that it's coming quickly to pass lord we ask you that by the power of your holy spirit that if there are churches that that refuse they have opted to refuse to follow your word they have rejected the holy spirit they have rejected the moving of the Spirit, and they've rejected the Word of God. I ask you in Jesus' name, during this year of divine possession, that whatever properties and land that they inhabit would be taken from them and put into the hands of churches that will do the work of God and will not compromise the Word and will not compromise the Spirit of God, for it is our year of divine possession. I thank you, Lord. That we're taking possession of land and property throughout the cities and towns of America in Jesus' wonderful name. I thank you, Lord, that this will be a year that the wealth of the wicked, which is laid up for the just, would be transferred into our hands by the mighty power of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. So, Lord, we receive everything that you have prepared and set up for us in this year of 2022. This is going to be our year of victory like we've never known. Lord, we thank you for all you did in 2020. Thank you for all you did in 2021. But Lord, whether they were the best years of our life or not, I thank you, Lord, that 2022 will not be anything like those years. It will not be anything like those years. It will be far better in the wonderful name of Jesus, far better by the power of the Holy Ghost. Our testimonies will be through the roof in Jesus' name. Far better. And you'll get all the glory. You'll get all the praise for what you're doing. In Jesus' wonderful name. Lord, every month of this year, we ask you to fill our mouth with laughter. Every month of 2022, fill our tongue with singing. Let us dance through this year. Let us praise through this year. Let us rejoice through this year. Let us be Consistently blessed through this year, in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for it. We give you praise for it. We we thank you, Lord. It's quickly coming to pass. This is our year of divine possession in Jesus' wonderful name. We give you glory, Lord. We thank you for what you've already done in the past. We give you praise now that you're a good God who gives good gifts to those that ask you. We thank you. You have good things set aside for your children. We praise you for your mighty acts of greatness. We praise you for your word that you gave us, that's inspired, that we thank you there's no error in it. We thank you that it's the highest force in the universe. There's nothing above your mighty word. I thank you that every report of a doctor, every report of a lawyer, every report of a social worker, all of it is below the mighty word of God. I pray, Lord, that you would put us in position in 2022 to do great things on behalf of your kingdom. Use us for your glory. I pray, Lord, that we would be vessels of gold and silver in the year 2022. I pray that you would anoint everything that we say. Don't Let us set a watch at our mouth so that everything we say is pleasing unto you. Lord, let us only go where you want us to go and where you've called us to go in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. Let this be a year that you empower us day by day to please you with our lives in the wonderful name of Jesus. We thank you for that. We declare it. It's our year of victory. It's our year of breakthrough in Jesus' wonderful name. And if you believe it, somebody shout amen and throw some hands up in the comments section. Hallelujah. I feel the anointing on this man. To be very honest with you, uh, the fast, this has been the easiest fast that I've ever done in my life. I feel such a grace on this. I mean, Hunger left probably, I don't know, day four, something like that. The way that I feel, and even coming home today and preaching and all of that, the way that I feel, uh, you know, I could, I could just literally keep on going. I don't feel the stress of it in that way, but it's been a grace. There's been a grace to do it, and God's using this time of fasting and prayer to bless us and to change things in our nations, and so we give him thanks and praise. I'm challenging you tonight on this Thursday night To sow a financial seed. I want to encourage you to obey the voice of the Lord. This is going to be a year of constant reaping. But it's going to take constant sowing. And I know God has things for you. Just like these testimonies I just read. Houses are coming into our hands. Vehicles are coming into our hands. Land is coming into our hands. In Jesus' name. Healing is coming into our bodies. All these things. Well, God's going to deliver it to us. And these financial increases are going to come through financial seed that's being sown. And so I want to encourage you tonight, do something significant on this day 19 of the fast and watch what God will do in your finances. Uh, You can obviously go to miracleword.com. All the digital ways to give are there as well. And uh, for those that stood with us in partnership in the month of January, I I want to put this in your hand, Dr. Lester Sumrall's book, adventuring with Christ. I love this book, man. It's faith building. Some of the most amazing stories. You'd almost believe it was a fictional novel, how amazing it is. And then of course, if you're standing at $250 or more, we're going to include with that, how we got the Bible by Dr. Lightfoot. Excellent text on how to understand how the Bible came to be, uh, how the books came to be, what we have. It's an awesome read. I love it. Thank you, Lee. And then, if, of course, if you're sewing at $1,000 or more, we have this New English Translation Full Notes Edition. This is one of my favorite study tools in the world right now. I'm using this all the time. It gives you tons of background. I think it's over 60,000 notes uh, on the scripture. This is an amazing, amazing tool. And also, if you've not gotten a chance to do so yet, both of the books on fasting are available. Uh, not only in our store, but on Amazon. And so if you'd like to get the ebook, you can get that too on Kindle or Apple books. If you'd like to get the paperback, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on our shop.miracleword.com. These are need to be in your library for fasting and prayer. They'll help you. And so I want to say, thank you. Thank you for sowing seed. Thanks for partnering with me and Carolyn. Best days are ahead and you're a part of what God's about to do. God's been speaking to me on this fast, man, and I'm pumped up about what's going to take place in 2022. It's going to be amazing. Again, tomorrow we've got three broadcasts, 1030 in the morning. I'll be with you. Two in the afternoon. Carolyn will be with you. And 9 p.m. tomorrow night, we're going to be back here again. And then don't forget, Saturday night, 9 p.m. It's our breakthrough prayer and communion service. And, uh, Listen, don't miss this. It's a powerful service every time we do it. We did it last year. We laid hands on your prayer requests and we took communion together. And we're going to be sowing a first fruit seed to set ourselves in position for this year. And so get yourself prepared, man. It's going to be great. And then, of course, we're breaking the fast afterward on Saturday night. Um, it's going to be good. Teddy, you want to come say goodnight to everybody? I got Spider Man with me tonight on the broadcast. There's the man. Spider-Man. I don't know if it's Peter Parker or Miles Morales. Which one is it? You're Miles? Can you say goodnight to everybody? Here's the mic right here, wanna say it in there? (laughs) What do you got, a Rice Krispie Treat? I thought you were fasting. (laughs) I love you. We're getting ready to go home and go to bed and have a story. I love you guys so much. Have a great night's rest. We're going to go out shouting tonight, I'll see you in the morning, 10.30 a.m. Good night. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.